It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. So that reminds me of um, a phone conversation I had with a uh, uh, with one of my partners oh, a couple days ago, actually. And it has to do with having control and not being able to really control a lot in the multifamily business. Uh, because if you think about it, you know, there's really not much you can control. I mean, at the end of the day, can I really control if a resident pays rent? Am I, you know, there with the resident, you know, babysitting them side by side, making sure they pay rent? Of course not. Am I there making sure that our bookkeeping folks, our accounting folks are making those uh, payments to our vendors? Of course. So there's all kinds of things you're really putting in the hands of somebody else in this business that you don't have any control over. Uh, I could go on and on. I could talk about property taxes. I've talked about property taxes a lot over the last few weeks. I can't control what the assessor thinks of my property and its value. Uh, I can't control what my insurance company thinks they want to charge for print. I can't control any of that. And so the fallacy of owning multifamily, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it is what it is. You can't really control anything. I always find it funny where when I'm looking at a lot of companies will have their, especially brokers will have their pro formas and their you know income expense information. And so especially on the expense side, they'll have variable expenses and then they'll have controllable expenses. Come on, give me a break. You really can't control hardly any expenses. Uh, the price of gas is going to be what it is. You know, lawn mowing, lawn care, snow removal is going to be, I don't, I, can you control how much it's going to snow? No. So... Anyway, you get my point. There really is not any control. Uh, and so that kind of makes the business kind of exciting, kind of interesting. There's a lot of curiosity I have every day when I'm doing what I do. You know, one of the things I'm very thankful for is uh, I'm pretty much done what I really, really like to do for, you know, 30 plus years. Uh, I, I can't really remember a day I've gotten out of bed or headed into the office or on my way home thinking, God, I can't stand this. This really sucks. I've not, I've not had that. I've been very lucky in that regard. I've never had that happen since I've been doing this. And I think part of it is because there's really no control. And so there's always the conservative side of you that would like all that control and feel good about it. And so you kind of know. Um, and yeah, you can argue, so we have rent rolls. If a tenant, you know, if, if a tenant signs a one year lease, we pretty much know what they should be paying for the next 12 months. So there's, you could argue, you've got some areas where you have at least a little bit, like in quotes, you know, a little bit of control. But really, at the end of the day, I can't control what interest rates are gonna do. I can't control, what if the lender decides to call my loan today, right? I can't control that. And so there's lots of things you can't control, which I think has made, um, made this business very, very interesting. And why I think it appeals to uh, so many people is because there's that 
lack of control. You know, every day is kind of new. So I had a meeting this morning with our managers, uh, and one of the things we talked about was every day is pretty much different for them. I mean, they know what their responsibilities are. They know pretty much know what they need to do, but, you know, every day is kind of different because no real control. Um, and it really makes multifamily an interesting kind of investment because of that, I think. Um, and also, you know, kind of a fun investment. Uh, so there's that. So that's like part one about the control thing. Um, you really don't have the control. You can, of course, do your best on everything, um, execute as well as you can, implement as well as you can, but really at the end of the day, you are trusting in almost every facet, not all, but almost all facets of multifamily ownership, you're trusting somebody else. Okay. So to exercise any kind of control, you need to be verifying with them what you're trusting. It's the old trust but verify thing. Um, and you need to be doing that often. You need to be doing that often. Um, so that's part one. Part two is, uh, in terms of properties to own and opportunities to own, and I'm specifically talking about new opportunities right now. So I have a lot of investors that are waiting for the next deal. They, you know, they've, they've phoned me, they've emailed me, we've talked, we've discussed, we've strategized that the next project that comes up, whether it's an individual property, we're going to purchase a 200-unit apartment community, okay, or whether it's the flagship fund, okay, whatever it is, they want to be involved. They want to be involved as an owner, an investor. So there's many people that are listening watching on video uh, right now that are waiting. They've got their capital ready. They're ready to go into the next deal. And so, not surprisingly, uh, I get calls and emails from them uh, pretty consistently. And not, you know, consistently in a... Um, um, bothering me kind of way or an annoying kind of way not at all but pretty consistently I'll hear from my partners and they're basically saying or investors basically saying, hey Darren you know I'm ready to go what do you got what do you got coming up I haven't heard from you for a while and that really is the biggest thing you can't control um, and I make a point to tell all of my partners and investors this and it's simply this, you know, the really good deals, the good apartment communities that you want to own, that you want to be a part of, we're all ready now to invest in those. We're ready. We're ready to go. Um, but the thing to keep in mind is they come up, they being apartment communities we'd want to own, they come up when they're ready, not when we're ready. Okay? So this isn't anything like, you know, earth shattering. This isn't like new news to you, but it's easy to forget. 
The good deals come up when they're ready, not when we're ready. The apartment communities that we want to own come up for sale when they're ready, not when we're ready. I could name 15 apartment communities I'd love to own right now. Boom, 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 boom. I could name them. Okay? I want to own those. And I could talk to the owners every day. I can email them, call them. I could do all of that. I can depend on maybe a broker to contact me once they become a bit. All of that. But at the end of the day, they're only going to come up when those sellers are ready to sell. They're not going to come up just because I'm ready to invest. And that's the thing to always keep in mind here. Just because you're ready to invest now does not mean the apartment communities you want to own are going to come up now because you want to invest now. That's not the way it works. By the way, I wish it worked that way. But it does not work that way. They come up when they're ready, not when we're ready. So what's like the lesson here? What's the point? A couple things. Um, number one, I work incessantly hard at making sure, and that's maybe a little exaggeration because there's no such thing as really making sure of this, but doing everything I can so that when the good deals, the sellers finally decide they want to sell, whenever that is, I get the phone call. Okay? I get the phone call. Because, again, they're not going to do it until what? They're ready. I'm ready now. They may not be ready until 2024. Well, guess what? I want to be number one on that list in 2024. Okay, that's the work that I do. And I do a ton of it behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. Uh, to be able to then have the discussion with you about, hey, here's what we got available. Here's something that, that's come up that you should own. Here's something that comes up that you should invest in, that's come up that you should invest in. Uh, and so the problem that many people run into then is they get impatient with this. They don't like it. By the way, I don't either. They feel like they got to do something because their money's kind of sitting there and it's not really doing anything but sitting there waiting and uh, I got to finally do something with it. It's almost the old money burning a hole in your pocket kind of thing in a way. So they become impatient. I get it. I'm impatient too. Um, but if you look at my most, what I would call, successful investors that have done the best, made the most money, have the most income coming in, all of that, they've been very patient with this. And that's the key. They've been very patient with this, knowing that they're trusting the process, that they know behind the scenes there is a process going on that they're trusting in, and so they know, even though they've got capital sitting around, and it could be doing better things for them, okay? They know that there are alternative places for them to invest. Maybe another apartment community somewhere else, maybe another investment, whatever. And by the way, some of them choose to do that instead of wait. Fine, there's no wrong answer here, but the, the people that do the best have the patience to wait until a good 
deal comes along knowing, knowing that they come along when they're ready, not when we're ready. That's just the way it goes. Um, and again, this isn't like, you know, a secret you've just heard or a bed that's been revealed. You know this. You know, everybody pretty much knows. But it's easy to kind of forget that when you're aggressively, you've decided, you're focused on getting into um, your next department community. Okay. So trusting the process and being patient is the key to this because let me tell you something you really need to know. And this is kind of a secret um, that not a lot of people know about. It is the case. Uh, I maybe have, and I've said this before, I've even sent emails out about it. I've even maybe had a podcast about it before. Uh, I maybe have six really, really good deals a year. I got 60 deals that come across my desk a year that are like worth looking at. But out of those 60, I maybe got six that are like good enough where I can tell you, I can say, hey, you got to own this. Bottom line, you got to be involved in this deal. Okay? There's like six of them. Why do I only have six? Because of what I'm telling you. That's number one. Number two is, yeah, I am in a little smaller market. You know, Eastern Iowa is not like, uh, you know, East LA, okay? Uh, it's not like we've got that many apartment communities, that big of a population. So sure, I probably have, maybe if I lived in a bigger city or was in a bigger market, maybe it's 12 instead of six, okay, maybe. But it's not one every week. It can't be. So I tell you that because, now think about this logically. Do you think really, really good deals that you really want to be a part of and really want to own, do you think they come up every week? Do you think they come up every two weeks? No, there's no way. But what do a lot of us hear about or get? I mean, my e email inbox is full of this stuff. Oh, great deal this week. You got to be involved. Oh, you missed out. Great deal this week. You missed out on the deal last week. Great deal this week. Oh, you missed out on the one last week. Two weeks later, oh, here's another great. I mean, week after week after every two or three weeks, I keep hearing about the deal I missed out on last time and how well, this one's such a great one. No way. That's just not possible. It's not possible. It is a means to come up with an investment to get you to be involved in that investment. It's a way to um, increase what people own, increase the amount of management fees they have, increase the amount of closing fees they've got, increase their ownership in property if that's the case. You know, I can offer a property once a week, and yeah, I can get a management fee off of it, I can do this every week, blah, blah, blah. I, pretty soon I can, you know, have a pretty big pile of cash built up by offering one investment a week, but I don't have a good one every week. So I'm not just going to put something out there for the sake of putting something out there, and that is what you're seeing a lot of today, and that is the secret. So if you keep hearing from a company, uh, a person, uh, whatever, 
and they keep telling you every two weeks they've got the great deal that must have been better than the one two weeks ago because the one two weeks ago they couldn't believe you didn't get involved in this one, but now this one's a great one, and you see what I mean. So just be very careful with that and know that the really good deals just do not come down the road that often. Here's a little quick interesting study for you on this. If you, if you don't believe what I'm saying, take a look at what some of the really most successful big hitters in the real estate world have done, what they own, and how often they're involved in projects. Okay, so just a couple come to mind. So the first would be Sam Zell. So Sam Zell you know, was at one time one of the largest, his uh, equity uh, partners company was one of the largest apartment property owners in the United States. Okay. Do you think they were buying a deal a week? No. Read his book. Read the book. They're not buying a deal a week. Okay. They're not, they know those great deals don't come up that often. They waited and bided their time for the really, really good deals. Okay. Another example is Trump. Okay. So no matter what you think about Trump politically, how many properties does Trump own? He doesn't own that many. It's not like he's buying a deal a week or bought a deal a week. He had a few select properties that he invested heavily in. Now, right now, with pandemic and some of the problems with commercial real estate, some of those may not be worth as much as they used to be. But, you know, it's not like he owns a property or buying a property a week. And by the way, in a lot of cities where there might be like a Trump hotel or something like that, he doesn't own the property. He just licensed his name to be on the property. I mean, you know that, right? But again... You've got a couple of, no matter how you feel about them politically, successful investors. They're not buying it. And then even if you look at like Warren Buffett, is Buffett buying a company every week? No. I mean, making very careful choices, maybe an acquisition here or there once or twice a year. That's it. Okay? So am I saying you just wait for that one great deal to come along every five years. No. But what I am saying is the really, really good properties that you want to own go to the investors that are patient and that trust their process. That's where the real money is made, is in that. And as long as you keep that in mind when you're looking to get involved in your next project, investment, property you're going to own, whatever it is, you're going to do very, very well. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.